Hello, traders. Welcome to Limit Up Podcast. I am Dan Hodgman, as usual, sitting down with Jack Belzer. Jack, how are you? Well, I told you I didn't sleep last night, and <laughs> I wish I could say it was because of the baby, but it wasn't. The baby slept the whole time. I was jealous. I don't know why. Maybe I was just <laughs> thinking about, you know, the Fed or any number of things we can talk about today. Right. Well, Jack, you're kind of falling into what the markets did today. I've always called it the hangover day. Um, I'm not saying you have, have a hangover. I'm just saying you're a little tired. Um, that's kind of what these stock markets did today. I wish it, and it's, it's, it's so typical too, right? Like we come in post a big volatile day, like yesterday, which let's be real. We all had this idea that fed was going to raise by 75 basis points. What the fed do raise by 75 basis points. What did it do? It sends stocks lower, uh, pretty strong yesterday. We had the volatile time. And what is, I've always said this and everything I've done at top step over the years, it's like big reaction days like yesterday are always. I'm not going to say always, I'm not going to use that term. I will say highly probable to be followed with a very quiet day. And we're seeing that here today. Pretty choppy day in the equities. Sure. You make your move and then things get sticky with the levels. So I'm looking at a half hour chart right here of the ES. And so we had the sell-off yesterday from the Fed stuff, right? And we're kind of just bouncing around going back to yesterday uh, seems no one wants to push below around this 3765 level, which was the low from, you know, a little while back yesterday. And I think it's just sort of aimless. It's like a, a ship with no rudder, but it eventually uh, sinks if there's no one to rescue it is what's kind of happening in equities right now. I, I mean, you're spot on. There's fears. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of question. I mean, and then also you think about it, right? As we continue to raise rates, Jack, where do you want to put your money as rates go higher? Bonds, but only if I, this, this is the trouble. The liquidity is low in the treasuries. And it's because, yeah, the answer is, if you told me a couple of years ago that I could get 3.7% on a two-year bond, I'd be like, well, I know where I'm you know, storing my cash. Uh, that seems like a pretty good deal. The problem is everything in trading economics it's all about expectations inflation expectations and um rate expectations right so yeah i, I want to put it in bonds but only if the interest rate isn't going to go um higher which is going to you know kill my bonds as well so it's kind of season everything up yeah we're kind of an interesting spot now i will talk really quick per normal limit of podcast i like to Let's kind of it. run through the markets what we had happen here today um, volatile morning on the open with the crude oil. Crude oil opens up this morning, rips up to $86, falls back in line really nicely. We're a day post um, EIA number. Um, and we've been really holding in this, I would say 82, 82 and a half up to about $88 range. It's uh, really held steady in here. We're seeing these multiple per percent moves. Um, but for the most part, we're not breaking outside of this range. I think we're going to continue to have some conversation regarding what's going on with crude oil, what's going on with the numbers um, as we continue to approach toward midterms. And I'm not saying it's going to lead the market one way or another, but this is one of a major pain point in the U.S. Uh, economy right now is gas prices and oil prices. Um, so I think this is going to be a pretty heavy topic over the next uh, month. It's interesting to see a chart like that where the crude oil, it is in a, it's pretty range bound, but with these kind of violent swings back and forth. 
So violent's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, violent. You know, you, you think oil, fire, explosions, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, nobody really wants to take control one way or the other, but it is a good range trade there for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, we've got some opportunity there. You've got equities like we touched on uh, yesterday, very volatile day, post-Fed number, and really quiet leading up to it. Um, so when volatility hits like that, you got to be cautious. Um, I, I will be point blank with everyone here today. I was watching that number come in. I watched a number of traders try and trade that number. Um, I saw some even attempt to put on a little bit of size and have the direction correct. The problem is this volatility comes in and it rips in your direction one for a second in a good way. And then it goes right against you in the bad way. And you can see these ones, twos, threes, and four lots doing 12, 15, dollars $2,000 swings in matter of seconds trading some of these products. And so you just want to be cautious. I mean, obviously there's the excitement when you see volatility coming in. And I will always say there is going to be the reaction. There's, there's an emotion and then there's a reaction to the emotion. And we started to see the reaction to the motion, emotion come about an hour after the number yesterday. And that's what we're seeing a little bit of continuation here today, but for the most part, relatively quiet day. Jack touched on the number in the S&Ps, 3765. I said 37.65, right? There's, yeah. Yeah, around um, there. And then you've got uh, the NASDAQ kind of holding a bottom right around that 11,600, 11,500, holding steady there. Um, gold saw the volatility yesterday as well, but gold's been uh, the week, been pretty weak here lately. Um, trading that sub $1,700 an ounce uh, price uh, today, we saw just like crude oil actually right on the open, a big spike up. Rips higher, nears, uh, nears through value high of yesterday, rotates back inside and turns to a quiet day. Yen, relatively quiet, but those notes, what, what do we think, Jack? You're down, down, down. Yes, yes, yes. Rates are going up, up, up. We got the U.S. 10-year at a 3.7 yield. Those are new highs, I believe. Don't maybe go back. Yes, new highs going back. We hit about 3.5 back the last time it rocketed up. And this has been a study going back to about, looks like August 2nd, the entire month of August and September, this has been a train to the upside. And at the moment, that's the trend. I, <laughs> I, I don't have really, I'm not going to get out there and be like, nobody is. Nobody, the reason we're talking about those levels being sticky is that nobody wants to be the one to call something. You don't want to call the top here in the interest rates. The Fed is they're definitely showing that they want to do this thing. And there's a lot of uncertainty that brings about. Yeah. Now, if I see the Fed start like slowing down how much they're raising rates by, you know, maybe we skip a session. Uh, we say, hey, we're going to hold steady here, see how things progress over the next six weeks. Maybe we'll see a little bit of change there. But coming in with 50 basis points, 75 basis points quite regularly on these numbers, and they're they're on a mission. The reason I like the range trade, I think, with a slight bias to the downside in um, the equities right now is that we're playing, we've been playing this game for months now where we kind of wait for everything's dictated by CPI and the Fed. And those come in the middle of the month. So it's kind of like, there's your big action for the month. And then from here, there could be some trends and stuff like that, but everyone's kind of waiting again another month 
What's the CPI? How does the Fed react? What do they say? What do they raise by? That's sort of the dynamic that I'm feeling right now, which maybe makes me think more about a range until the next, you know, leg down. I think you're spot on. I actually think right now is a great opportunity for short time frame trading and opportunity with inside that. Um, you know, we, we all have long-term biases and where we think, you know, and that's how we manage our retirement funds and how we look at our portfolios. And we're thinking, you know, depending on how old you are, you know, mid thirties over here, like we're, I'm looking at what I think the market's going to be in 10 years and 15 years, like really when I want to tap into that cash. But right now we have a cool opportunity where we can think, you know, 30 days, two weeks, we can look for some good chances in there. And the great thing about it is it can kind of go against our long-term bias. We can kind of change the hat and how we look at the market. So right now, you know, from a retail perspective, which I think we're all sitting here and we're all in a retail perspective quite a bit. Um, there's some great opportunity to be had. I think it really just comes down to, you can't marry a side for a long time. We could sit there, Jack and stock market opens. You could buy the stock market and close, close, sell your position off at the set at the close 75% of the time you're making money and usually pretty good money. Yeah. Um, as long as you get in there at, uh, you know, the real open, Right. Cause there's a lot of movement overnight. You'd have to mm -hmm. probably hold that, you know, 23 hours, but yeah. Like there's, there's some great opportunity with it. And while markets have changed, you know, and we all got really comfortable with one way. And right now, if you can kind of forget about that long bias, which a lot of people potentially still have, um, you know, I do see it quite a lot, quite often, like people like the long side and they struggle with the short side. I think that's a common theme for a lot of traders out there. If you can set that, kind of forget about it. Look at the market in the same lens. Flip the thing over if you're a long side trader. You know, flip that screen upside down every other day if you have to. And really look for those short time frame opportunities. I've talked about it for a long time. Hogue calls them Danels. I call them channels. Um, these are the chances and these are some of the opportunities you can really start to define the channels. Jack touched on it on the S&Ps, right? 37.65. We've seen that price come into play a number of times. You know, when these prices continue to come over, it's starting to help us define the low and high sides of our channels where we're going to look for some opportunity, even if it's small, you know, a couple points, 10, 15 points off a bounce on the low side of a channel. There's a good opportunity to be had there. And that's really, for me, I'm a simplest when it comes to trading. I don't like having a bunch of stuff. I'm not, you know, I, yes, I look at inventories and I look at deltas a little bit, but for me, like, if I can define a channel, I know what I'm going to look for. And I, when the market gets to a low side of my channel, that's to me, that's a sign of, hey, look for some opportunity here. Let's see if this level holds. If it holds, you can take that long. You can run it to the high side, or maybe there's something in between. Um, but that's really, to me, what we're start, starting to see right now with some of these markets. And there's some good opportunity to be had. Crude oil is yeah. another one. Yeah. Check out Hoag's uh, many teachings on the market profile for stuff like that. He's a big range guy as it would be um the only thing that could bail us out as far as the market all the there's not a lot of good news but on the other side is you know these markets they're they're pain machines in a way right and part of it makes me feel like that whole move of you know above up 4200 or whatever was painful i think for a lot of people that were short and then saw it come down and i wonder if with all this negativity if this couldn't be a time for something like that to happen and with that in mind 
I was thinking, let's swing around the news just to give you an idea of sentiment. You know, pull up CNBC. What's hot here? Headline, S&P falls the lowest level since July on fears that Fed is pushing the economy into a recession. Well, that's cheerful stuff. I mean, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't we technically in the recession already? I feel like I've, we've heard people try to change the definition, but I, quarter over quarter, negative GDP, we're there, right? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I, I'd have to go, I, I'd have to go back and look at it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm fairly confident we we hit the definition of a recession. The, uh, the two, two I negative, don't think it feels like it. Two negative quarters of GDP. Well, that's another reason why I wouldn't get married to either side because this is completely different, right? I mean, we've never, no one's really, well, unless you live through like the Spanish flu or something, I was going to say like, well, people have had inflationary environments before. It's like, yeah, but caused by different things, right? Um and like, as I said, unless you're 140 years old and you were like trading with Jesse Livermore or whatever, uh, maybe then you've seen some sort of, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a deep cut right there, Dan. <laughs> Confession. What was that book? Confessions of a stock operator. Yep. Confessions of a stock operator. Yeah. Well, that, that guy also didn't meet a great end. So, uh, you know, good advice, but, uh, we've never been through this before where it's like, the Fed's essentially trying to, how crazy is it for the Fed to be in a position where they're like trying to slow down the labor market desperately? And in doing so, what's really happening is it's just like driving up rents, right? Because mortgages are super expensive. Um, and, but then like people that have mortgages from before don't want to sell. It's a very convoluted environment where, any and everything's on the table. It's a strange world we're living in right now, um, to say the least. There's another title, though, when you look at CNBC that I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, let's do this. Bed, Bath & Beyond. I don't, we don't even go beyond this. Um, you want to talk a meme stock that I... I would never, I did Let's not dabble. It. I did not dabble much in GameStop. I did not dabble much in any, you know, AMC or any of those. I've watched them closely. You know, I bought a couple shares of them just so like when I, when I do that, it allows me, it forces me to pay closer attention. A game, or excuse me, Bed Bath & Beyond. <coughs> excuse me. I saw a headline um, maybe a month, month and a half ago about Bed Bath & Beyond and some stuff that was going on and I was trading like $5 a share. So yeah. I bought a crap ton thinking, what the hell? See what happens. Rips up to 22 bucks. I dump my shares, breaks down to 11. Um, this is the new the new meme stock here. Bed Bath & Beyond, the company that everyone thought was gone a couple of years ago um, is the new meme stock. Well, before you double down on that trade, Dan, I'll, I'll throw- I'm out bit. now. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I, I was, took I was my win say, and realized I won. I think that, you know, some of these, like the original, the OG meme stock, we're talking like GameStop, that's had, that has become uh, like an arena for gambling and just outright market manipulation back and forth. So th there were multiple spikes in that, right? Like it had the, it went super cyan and, January of what was it, 2021? What year is it? That was, oh my God, that was like almost two years ago. It was 20, 2021. 21. No, 21. Yeah, that, but that's We're almost in 22. Yeah, right. a year and a half. Two, yeah, crap. It's almost, it's, uh, it's, it's September 22nd. 
it's unbelievable that that has managed to like here where's i have a chart here for gamestop i mean they, they split the stock but like it yeah back in 2021 i cannot believe that it has stayed at those uh these elevated levels and had multiple spikes i don't think bed bath beyond is going to have that in part because that company carries a tremendous amount of debt that's coming due very soon and also because it was slayed by the gme meme lord himself ryan cohen which that's really <laughs> you that's, know that's wild <laughs> you know it has me curious right now like the theme of 2021 January when everyone was getting in this was the, the Elon Musk to the moon. Um, how many guys do you think that bought and planned to go to the moon with GameStop still have their GameStop? And how many of those do you think completely forgot that they bought GameStop on like their, you know, I don't know what uh, Robin Hood app or whatever, and they forgot they bought some and now they're still sitting on it. I would think they still have it. The one stock where that is true, meme stock, is uh, DWAC, which is the SPAC for uh, Trump's social media company, where they had to get uh, like 60-something percent of the shareholders to respond to a meeting for them to extend the life of it or something and just couldn't get it. I think some people there forgot. I think it's a different group of uh, maybe... Uh, younger, more online people in GameStop because if, if I don't know, like it should not be where it is. If people weren't really, I mean, I think there's a lot of people. If that does collapse, that it's going to ruin um, a lot of people. So we, I hope everyone works out okay there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it brought in a tremendous amount of volume. It brought in, I mean, talk about headlines. That brought in a ton of headlines. Um, and I think like it was, I think that was kind of the theme in the beginning of COVID and for the first year or two of COVID, like I, I truly have a firm belief that be, from 2019 until today, the retail trading market, and I think Robinhood falls under that category increased by 300%. I think the biggest thing was sports stopped and you had a lot of people that are big sports gamblers, didn't know what to do with their money. So they were like, Hey, I'll download Robinhood or I'll download, you know, I'll put 500 bucks into an e-trade count or whatever they were doing. And they were trying to quote unquote gamble, but get that fix for the, then, the thrill of it. And right. I think they've stayed. And well, but not necessarily on Robin hood or at least in a way that's profitable for them because, you know, case in point, a lot of good that did for Robin hood. I think they IPO at 40 rose to 80. They're sub 10. Now uh, one more CNBC headline before I move on because I'm sure there's a sponsor. Hey, Dan, you can get paid $15,000 to move to this idyllic Italian island, but there's a catch. Oh, I clicked this click. It's a catch. That's what I was going to say. To be eligible, you must move to a Sardinian town with less than 3,000 people and live there full time and register Sardinia as your permanent residence for 18 months. Okay. That sound good to you? For 15 grand? Yeah. Go live in Italy? Yeah, I'm sure that's paid I work for remote. By- I can just work at night. I can adjust my regular, my, my, my hours and uh, go live there. Yeah. I'm a walking man. Yeah. I think that's good stuff. Um, But Sardinia aside, meme stocks aside, um, are there any parting levels that you are looking at going forward and pick your favorite futures thing for the day traders? Yeah, Jack, you know, I actually had this conversation quite a bit recently with Mick. Um, I have, 
been spending a lot of time over the last couple of years active in the crude oil market. Uh, crude oil been, has been really a great um, product for me. Um, not so much in the day trade. Day trade, I stick to you know the equity markets, S&Ps in particular, but uh, crude oil has been kind of my bread and butter for quite a while. Um, I kind of touched on the levels earlier that 82, we'll call it up to 88. That range has been a phenomenal range. I'm actually looking to see if we can get this market to break below that 82 and attempting to get into the 70s. I think we have a really nice extension to the low side. Um, so that's something I'm going to be paying close attention to. The one thing I will say is that 82 to 80, that's going to be a, an odd range. Um, you know, we all know $80 is a BFRN, big fat round number. But if yeah, we step sure. If we accept, accept below that, now acceptance below a major price point like that is not a, you know, a four-hour candlestick stays below. I'm looking for a couple of days to stay sub $80 um, with momentum showing that we have uh, the buyers getting pushed out with sellers coming in a little stronger. Once I see that, I'm really going to look for that market to continue to the low side. Uh, so that's something I'm paying close attention to. Now, if we and don't, it, rotation yeah. higher to 95. And in case you're thinking you'd have to be nuts to think oil is going to go lower. There's, you know, Russia's mobilizing, uh, all the stuff is going on. Well, it kind of shows the feds, the power of what they're trying to do with uh, these interest rates to combat inflation, which has already worked to some extent is, you know, I saw a tweet that, you know, oil companies have kind of gone from thinking about what sort of cash flows you can make selling oil for $120 a barrel to kind of like, oh shit, like you need the demand portion of it. And what gets killed in these rising rate environments is the actual demand for oil. There's a higher interest rates, fewer projects get financed, fewer uh, companies are doing things that require the oil inputs. Fewer things are getting tr transported around, just uh, people are driving less. The demand goes down for it. So with these interest rates still rising, I think it's possible if not more probable that we could see it continue to go lower right into that we have that eight. we've also got um there's a lot of pressure on biden right now to renew some of these uh land grants uh leases um that he shut down a little while ago to bring them back from both sides now we're kind of putting the pressure on him he's talking about it and there's some good considerations and if i'm not mistaken he's renewed some already hey there rodney hello rod yeah he's running someone must be coming up the elevator uh, so he's he's looking at doing that too. So I think there's really good potential to potentially uh, see this oil price kind of come back down a little bit. That's it's, always it's the... a major topic that every I feel like every conversation I have with people these days is about gas. Yeah, but also it's hard. You know, short term, of course, oil can go to the moon, but it's difficult. There's a lot of capacity out there to take oil out of the ground. It's just not at a price that is worth it unless it's expensive for a long time so that's something to think about there so mm -hmm. i kind of agree with you if they if there's acceptance below um 80 that would be a place i'd be looking at then again i'd probably be range bound there as well i, I don't think it's just this isn't something that's i don't think the bottom is going to fall out at all yeah i don't think that either but i, mean, I unless, think there's going to be some good opportunity yeah unless like putin beeps it or something i mean that would probably tank the oil market i think a lot of people would be okay with that yeah, well, don't want to get my uh, polonium pellet or whatever. Anyway, we'll move on to a different topic. Uh, yeah, in the um, 
as I mentioned in the S and P's always got an eye, my, uh, my 200 day moving average is, is way out of play right now, but it did bounce perfectly off that at the high of this current rally. Um, I'm looking for the 36, 50, that was a low close there. Let's say 36, 70, right? Um, a little lower than we are now, but that would be below the lows of the last sell-off, which will be a big, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of action at that level if we make new lows or not. Do we put another $5 on it? Okay. So are you, are you, I I'm still the, I'm on the short side of things. So this would require you to have to be uh, the bear here and I'll be, or the bull, I'll be the bear. So we were further away from the lows at this point. So I will, I say we hit, well, what do you want to say you're low? Cause I got to say like, what do you think we'll hit before 4,000? I'll take 4,000. That was what I was going to say. We're dead center on it right now, basically. All right, let's do it. Five, five bucks. I think we see 4,435. The reason I, I didn't do. want to do higher than that is because I do think we got to, I think we got to test these lows. Um, I don't know when I wouldn't just get, I, I think it's a range right now, right? I'm, that's the trade. I'm going to complete agreement with you on that too. But I think, I think we got to test that low. So that would be my prognostication before that. So. All right, deal. Deal. I think deal. I lost the last one. I think I owe you five, but Jack bought me a hot dog the other day. So I probably owe him more now. There we go. Um, I gotcha. So but, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all I got for today, Dan, just talking the market, just talking going down. So hope people found a little bit of value in that. Otherwise we'll be here next week. Dan, you have any parting words for us? Not at all. Just look for that short time frame opportunity. Don't marry any of your biases. Um, don't marry to levels, you know, be nimble when the markets are adjusting. Don't find yourself getting caught in chop. And if you find yourself in the middle of chop and you're struggling a little bit, markets are here tomorrow. Make sure you can be too. That's a good place to end it. So that's all for us today. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, namaste, trade well, stay safe. We'll see you later. Go to the moon. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.